Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. Federal officials issued a major new report this week that lays out how climate change is altering American lives and who is paying the biggest price. The National Climate Assessment is a study put together by 13 federal agencies, and it's essentially the latest climate science the government has, the most important climate report they put out. And it comes as the world is facing its hottest year on record. So today, we chat with Politico Zach Coleman about how this new government report warns of a daunting climate fight ahead. It's Wednesday, November 15th. So the fifth national climate assessment is mandated by Congress to come every four years. And this one really showed quite a bit of progress in climate science and really refined our understanding of how climate change is affecting all sectors of the economy in direct near-term effects and also how it will affect the economy in the future, as well as how the climate is, is really affecting different walks of life in very different ways. You hear about these sort of compounding impacts when you have marginalized groups or people that already have this low social vulnerability, this lesser ability to recover from devastating effects or might have health impacts like you know they're older or they have health ailments like asthma, and then you have all of these climate events layered on top of it, and it's really showing that climate change affects people unequally. And we know that the Biden administration is aiming to reach net zero emissions by 2050, and a big reason for that is because there is scientific consensus that keeping temperatures below 1.5 degrees Celsius could allow us to avoid the worst impacts of climate change. So what does this report say about where the U.S. is in these efforts? Well, we're behind. We have seen our emissions decline 12 percent between 2005 and 2019, which is laudable. But we also were, for many years, the largest emitter in the world. And we have contributed the most to climate change in the world. So now we're the second largest emitter. But we would have to reduce our emissions 6 percent annually through 2050 to hit net zero. So that is a daunting task. And what you would have to do is essentially add solar and wind power on a scale never before seen in the U.S., not to mention having to electrify the vehicle fleet. And then also you would still have to consider other technologies that are not yet at scale and aren't even proven yet to work at scale, like carbon capture or even some small nuclear reactors, things that at this point, seem like you really can't depend on them, but we might have to if we're going to hit these marks. That is quite daunting. And another thing that comes out in this report is a more detailed update on just how destructive some of these impacts of global warming could be. Could you walk through some of the things that's changed in our scientific understanding since the last report came out in 2018? Well, we've done a lot more to improve how we attribute the effect of humans and on climate change and what that does to these destructive events. So we have this field of attribution science that's grown leaps and bounds since the last NCA was completed in 2018. That does allow us to basically apportion how much of an event was made stronger because of climate change. And and that's something new. I mean, in the past 
you would have heard scientists say, you know, we can't attribute this one singular event to climate change, but we know that climate change is making events more likely. Well, now you can actually say how much more likely did climate change make this event or how much stronger did climate change make this event. That is a huge improvement in our understanding of the effect we're having on these large destructive events. The other thing we now know is that we have come up with a more defined understanding of what every additional molecule of CO2 or methane translates to in terms of climate impacts. That's called climate sensitivity. It's basically understanding the feedback loops that we're creating by driving climate change. And that will help us better understand what we might see in the future if we don't address emissions. Okay, so we know more about the kind of social and economic impacts of climate change now. We know that we are not on pace to avoid the worst impacts, and we know more about what the worst impacts could look like. You know, that's all a little bit bleak, but I'm wondering if there's any kind of case for optimism in this report. I know that National Climate Advisor Ali Zaidi said, for instance, the takeaway should be, quote, a sense of hope and possibilities. Is there something to what he said there? There sure is. I mean, we've seen the cost of solar and wind drop enormously in just the past decade. So, is getting easier and more cost-efficient to deploy zero-carbon energy. We've also seen a lot of states and cities ramp up their mitigation and adaptation plans, so a lot more than just the federal government is working on ways to address climate change. And while 1.5C might be a really lofty stretch goal, and at this point many scientists think it's not even attainable, anything that we do to shave off even a tenth of a degree of warming will really result in positive impacts for society because we will make climate change that much better or less bad. I don't know how you contextualize it in this concept because it all does seem daunting, but there is a way to make it less bad. Also, Republicans on Tuesday hammered EPA's upcoming greenhouse gas rule for power plants arguing that it would require the use of unproven technologies and threaten grid reliability by shuttering old power plants. The hearing follows last week's report from the North American Electric Reliability Corporation that warned potential blackouts in the eastern United States this winter. And it also followed two other reports, the National Climate Assessment that we talked about earlier, and then one from the United Nations that finds greenhouse gas emissions are expected to continue to rise through the end of the century. Both of these reports highlight the shortcomings of global efforts to prevent the most disastrous impacts of climate change. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Today's program support is provided by Chevron. Progress means producing renewable fuels for today's fleets. Chevron intends to grow the renewable fuels production capacity to 100,000 barrels per day by 2030. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash renewable fuels.